Hi, everybody. Welcome to Packers Unscripted from Packers.com. I am Mike Spofford, sitting next to my trusted colleague, Wes Hodkowitz. We're coming to you here from our studios at Lambeau Field, back from Oakland, California, Wes. So uh, let's dive right into preseason game number three. For me, this one starts with those top two draft picks of the Packers from back in April. Because I tell you what, Jair Alexander and Josh Jackson, they continue to look like keepers. They really do, Mike. And, and the other thing that Josh Jackson looks like he was a first-round pick. <laughs> yeah. That people just happen to be sleeping on uh, for one reason or another. I mean, basically every single thing I think was seen as a weakness for Jackson has really been somewhat of a strength in this preseason. And I get it. These aren't the starting quarterbacks out there. These aren't mostly the number one offenses. But when they have been on the field, he's played pretty darn well, too. Uh, I love the versatility of him, and I love his playmaking ability. And in everything he showed in that one year as a starter at Iowa, it's transitioned into the NFL. Now, the record books 10, 15 years down the line, people might forget that he had another pick six in this game. But that interception in 36-ish return yard return for a touchdown yeah. had nothing to do with the Herb Waters holding call on the other side of the field. Right. He just made a play on the ball and was unfortunately an unlucky uh, participant there. But back-to-back pick sixes and, and also Jair Alexander finally getting his first extended action, getting his first interception in the slot – very exciting about uh, what what these guys have put on film so far. Yeah, what I really liked about what Alexander did is that he was tested right off the bat in this game. First play, he's lined up across from Amari Cooper. Derek Carr goes deep. Alexander's right there. You can't really cover the play any better. He just got out-jumped for the ball right. by a bigger receiver and a Pro Bowl caliber receiver at that. Hey, that's going to happen. That's how, that's how this league is played. But you know what? It it didn't bother him. He just he got up, he kept playing, and then later on when the Raiders are driving for a potential touchdown, makes a really a tremendous catch mm-hmm. to uh to snag that interception on uh on that middle seam route. And uh, you know, Mike McCarthy said it, you know, the ball skills of Alexander and Jackson were um, the biggest selling points, I guess you might right. say, heading into the draft. And these guys have come as advertised. That that catch that Alexander made, the catch that Jackson made on his pick six the previous week, and then the fact that he just took the ball away in the right. Raiders game by the sideline for what should have been another pick six. These guys know how to play the ball. They just And those are the kinds of things you can't necessarily coach it, you can't teach it, it's instinctive. And uh, it's the way they play the game, and I think these guys are going to see the field plenty for the Packers in 2018. And that's the exciting thing, too, is because you have Joe Witt Jr. there and obviously him now working with, with Jason Simmons as the position coaches for that room. There's things that he, they're going to work with both of those young players about, but I, the thing you got to like about, especially in Jackson's case, is that this one month that he's been in Green Bay in training camp – You've seen the progression. I asked him about that after the game in the locker room. It just so happened the two were actually sharing a visiting locker <laughs> uh, in a very small uh, Oakland Coliseum locker room. Right. And he said it too. He's that it. He's a, this past month has allowed him to get into a rhythm, get back to feeling comfortable in playing instinctual because you can rep fundamentals as much as you want. You can do all the drills that you want during these training camp practices. It's all intended to guys playing fast and playing with their instincts and playing disciplined football. And they've both done that in the small sample size we've seen. I wrote about this too in Insider Inbox uh, for Monday, Mike. The thing that I think is the most exciting right now for the Packers is for the first time ever, uh, at least I think since maybe 2014, I would argue, 
the Packers really don't feel a rush to get any of these rookies on the field right away. If you yeah. feel like Josh Jackson's ready, sure, put him out there. Same thing with Jair Alexander. But as it stands right now, these guys aren't just going to have to get thrown out there by attrition or, or just a, a lack of depth at the position. You have Tremont Williams, who's playing some pretty good ball right now at 35 years old. Mm -hmm. I thought Devon House has put together a pretty good camp coming back. He has. And if Kevin King's shoulder checks out, he can get into the regular season and, and there's no issues there. That's a pretty good starting point for a starting cornerback core. Uh, so to be able to incorporate those guys and the fact that the Packers, as we'll talk about shortly, traded Lindsey Pipkins over the weekend really speaks to the fact that this is a deep position for them now, and it's a lot better situation they were put in going into the last year. Yeah, I think it's interesting what you said about Josh Jackson, that he looks like a first-round pick that maybe people were sleeping on. Kind of a double-edged sword there in the sense that I think the fact that he was only a starter for one year right. at Iowa, I know there were some questions about his speed and all that, but when you look at it, he was a starter for one season in college in the Big Ten. I think that scared some teams off from taking him in the first round. But you mentioned it. Look how much progress he's made already in the NFL. He only started for one year in college, right. so the ceiling is so much higher. There's so much further that he can potentially go because he's not a polished, finished product coming out of college. So I just think that's something that's interesting to keep an eye on as we go forward with Jackson. When you and I were in Indianapolis in February... Who are the two cornerbacks that everybody was looking at as potentially the top two in this draft class? It was Denzel Ward and it was Josh Jackson. Josh right. Jackson had a huge horde of media around him yep, I was at in that it. podium. Yeah. And I just remember draft night, especially after the first round pass, and you saw he was still on the board. And then you get into the middle of the second round. Sometimes it's like you, you do wonder, okay, is there something that everybody missed on this guy? And other times it's like, well, why is this guy still available? Yeah. And is this a potential, potential diamond in the rough? A long way to go here with both of these young players, with Jair Alexander as well. But sure. I just think Alexander fits the prototype for what you want to look for and maybe a slot cornerback, that Casey Hayward type, that can be a playmaker there but also give you some versatility outside. And a guy like Josh Jackson with his size, I said it from the beginning, Mike, even if he isn't a prototypical press man corner in his terms of his background, he has that build to play that position. Yeah, he does. He definitely has the physical characteristics. You mentioned before the trade of Lindsey Pipkins, so let's update everyone on that for those who aren't aware. The Packers trade cornerback Lindsey Pipkins to the Indianapolis Colts for inside linebacker Antonio Morrison. Now, third-round draft pick and rookie Oren Burks from Vanderbilt injured his shoulder in pregame warm-ups in Oakland on Friday night. But this trade for Morrison, not necessarily just a reaction to the Burks injury. The MRI right. came back. Sounded, sounds like things are fairly positive with Burks. They're not, they don't have any long-term concerns at this point with regards to the shoulder. But acquiring Morrison an experienced inside linebacker to throw into a very young group that has a third-year pro in Blake Martinez at the top of it. Jake Ryan, as we know, is out for the season with the torn ACL. And then you have Burks and a whole bunch of other guys who basically haven't played regular season NFL snaps yet. So what's your initial take? And I know we haven't even really talked to him yet as far as an yeah. interview at the time that we're taping this, but what's your initial take on the acquisition of Morrison? It made a lot of sense, I think, for both teams. Because as I also wrote on Inbox on Monday, I do think Lindsey Pipkins is an NFL player. I, I think the Packers found something when they when they signed him as a UFA last year out of Oklahoma State. Because I, I think he has the build for it, but where he was playing and how they were using him, it was very similar to what they're doing with Alexander and with, with Tremont Williams. I just don't know if the spot was there. Conversely, you look at what the Colts are going through right now. They need help at cornerback. They mm -hmm. were hurting at that spot. 
and they're transitioning into a 4-3 defense where maybe Morrison didn't fit, you know, where he did the previous two years underneath uh, Chuck Pagano. So now that you have him available and you had Pipkins available, it made sense for both teams to make that trade and a better opportunity for both players. Morrison's 23 years old. He was taken six spots before Blake Martinez back in the 2016 NFL draft and has played over 1,000 defensive snaps in the NFL. That's a lot of experience for a 23-year-old NFL football player. Yeah. So now being able to come into this defense, I said it from day one, Mike, I, you might have a starter. You might have maybe, – maybe Burks is fine, and, he, and he's your starter the whole year, and you have him and Martinez – but you need somebody else available there. Joe Thomas has been that guy in the past. Jake Ryan was that guy his rookie season. You need a guy that could potentially step in at either of those positions if there's an injury. I think Morrison, this is an opportunity for, to get, get, for him to get back into a defense probably he's more comfortable with, and also for the Packers to get another look at a veteran uh, in addition to these undrafted free agents that they have currently com- competing for a spot behind. Burks and Martinez. Yeah, and the Packers like what they've seen, certainly, in this training camp and preseason so far from Ahmad Thomas, who yeah. is a holdover from the practice squad, and then from Greer Martini, a an undrafted rookie in the mix here. But this really was about adding some experience right. to a position that, that uh, overall just had very, very little, uh, you know, basically no regular season NFL experience outside of Blake Martinez. So I'm sure we'll have more to talk about with Morrison as uh, – as things move along. Um, another thing I wanted to get to, though, we spent a lot of time through the offseason on our shows, on the website, everywhere, talking about the receiver competition for the Packers on offense. And it's to Geronimo Allison's credit that uh, we haven't really talked about him much because, frankly, he simply hasn't done anything to lose his hold yeah. on that number three spot. And the way the game against the Raiders opened up with Brett Hundley. He hit Allison on a sideline route, a nice tiptoe catch there, and then hit him deep down the sideline yeah. um, for a big gainer that helped to set up a field goal. Geronimo Allison is the number three receiver on on this team. There's simply, in my in my opinion, not, taking nothing away from what Jake Krumo has done. What nice game from Jamon Moore in Oakland. Other things we've seen from Valdez Scantling and EQ St. Brown. But Geronimo Allison's your number three. I love the camp that Geronimo put together, uh, especially after losing Jordy Nelson. And I know he's been such a big part of that room, a big part of this offense, and obviously a close confidant of Aaron Rodgers. But I think in the aftermath of that, it's really allowed Allison to shine. Uh, he did it throughout the offseason program, and he's done it in training camp. Now, is he making these big, spectacular 50-yard catches, uh, you know, like Marquez Valdez-Scantling made in the first preseason game or even some of the, 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 the stuff that Jamon Moore did last weekend? Maybe not. But I still think that 31-yard catch that he had – uh, against the Raiders and some of the things he's done in practice. He's just been so steady, mm-hmm. so consistent. And when you talk to Aaron Rodgers, that's the number one thing he wants out of his receivers. He wants consistency. He wants them to be in the right spot at the right time. I think what you see with Allison is a really talented young man that was coming into his own, somewhat learning a new position, considering how late he came to being a receiver and playing football in high school. And you've seen him mature over these past two years, and you cannot overstate uh, just how important that time has been uh, with Rodgers in this offense and getting the opportunities he's had and being able to capitalize on him. So, yeah, going into the regular season right now, he's the guy. He's the guy yeah. that I think you're looking at to, to really be the one that's going to be the biggest beneficiary of, of that number three spot being open. Yeah, and I think the, I think the other thing that it, it kind of goes without saying in the Green Bay locker room, but it's an example of just how well he fits in this receiver group that – 
whether Geronimo Allison goes through a practice where the ball never comes his way or if he catches five or six balls in one practice, you never hear about it necessarily right. one way or the other out of him. It's not about, oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pound my chest when I have a great day or a great game or I'm going to whine and complain when nobody throws me the ball. He just goes about his business. He, yeah. he is, you know, you, you've written about it uh, during the offseason. This guy has become very much a serious student of the game. He really took everything from the guys like Jordy Nelson, Devontae Adams, the things that those veterans teach the younger players about how to be a pro, and Geronimo Allison now is one of those pros. And we talked earlier this week about, or last week it was rather, about Reggie Gilbert and how I said I think Reggie Gilbert's the best of the litter uh, when you look at the outside linebackers, undrafted rookie linebackers they've had that have come through the program. Allison has really been that as far as the receivers are concerned. They've had some good ones. You know, uh, you know Brett Swain, you think about Ruvel Martin, uh, even you know, a guy like Jerry Boykin, yeah, I was say Boykin who flashed very guy. quickly. Yep. But I just, the overall consistency of Allison, uh, and we talked about it from the beginning. It's not like this guy just started, he played well in the first preseason game two years ago and it was like, oh, this guy can make the roster. No, I mean, right after he was signed, like people thought this was a guy that could potentially make an impact, and he certainly has. And he plays special teams. He's been working on the coverage units too, which is always a big bonus for uh, trying to get on the field. Yeah, well, with one preseason game left to go, the Packers heading to Kansas City this week for the preseason finale. Looks like the backup quarterback competition, that jo- that number two competition between Deshaun Kaiser and Brett Hundley is going to come right down to the wire here. Frankly, Wes, a tough night in Oakland to really evaluate uh, what was going on at, at with the two quarterbacks because they were just under siege all night. The backup offensive lineman had a rough night. Mike McCarthy flat out admitted it. It was uh, maybe the poorest performance that uh, they've had as a pass protection unit. A lot of things to work on there. Um, it looks like Kyle Murphy's dealing with an injury now. You don't know how much that was affecting his play out there. It sounds like Jason Spriggs started to play a little bit better. But overall, as a unit, there were definitely issues and uh, um, really not a great look at the quarterbacks. Packers hoping to get another evaluation on these quarterbacks in Kansas City. Yeah, and uh, you know the, the way they split it up, you had Brett Hundley and you had Deshaun Kaiser, and each one basically got a half to, mm-hmm. to work with a little bit. Yeah, um, no action for Tim Boyle in game number right. three, so we'll see what happens in game number four. If he gets some work in that fourth one. But, I, I mean, yeah, it, w- it was tough to kind of look at uh, and, and try to understand exactly what they were seeing just because of, you know, the pocket and, and some of those things. I go back to what has sort of been on film so far uh, during this camp. I, I think Deshaun Kaiser has a massive arm. I think he has great athleticism. You can see it when he gets out of the pocket. He's fast. He's quick. uh, And, you know, he's made good decisions. Now, there's a lot of raw features to that as well. But overall, I I mean, as I said last week, too, you see why he was drafted where he was. You see why he's the prospect that he is. Uh, Brett Hundley, I thought, had two really solid performances to start off with uh, in those first two preseason games. This one, a little bit more uneven. The first series actually went pretty well for the offense. Yeah, the first first drive was a good one and and should have been a touchdown, unfortunately. Lance Kendricks couldn't hold on to that ball in the end zone or you put seven on the board right away. Yeah, so I think he completed four or five on that. And just after that, it was kind of a work in progress. The the one thing that's going to be nice for the Packers once you do get into the regular season is you're going to have Brian, or Brian it looks like Dave Bakhtiari for sure. Brian Balaga, you hope, would also be able to get some, you know, get back in there after coming back off that ACL. Yeah. You got to see where Justin McCray's at with that calf injury. But overall, everything they've done, even though they haven't been able to get that group together, like I know Mike McCarthy wants and be able to get them some reps, 
they're experienced. I mean, Corey Lindsley started in this league with an MVP quarterback in 2014 without having any preseason reps with him at all whatsoever. Yeah, right. So they've been able to adapt. They're veterans. Uh, the big key is just trying to figure out who those two or three, maybe even four guys are that, okay, who can be the next Justin McCray? Who can be a guy that's going to step up in a pinch? Because as much as you want to repeat 2014, <laughs> where you're basically your starting offensive line yeah. plays together for all but one game yeah, the entire 18 year. 18 out of 19 games that year. Yeah. It's hard to accomplish in this league. So yes, you need that number six and seven guy to be able to step up. And uh, we'll see what happens. The one positive I will say for the offensive line, I think Lucas Patrick looks at home as a center, and he's probably that number six guy right now on that line. So yeah, he, I, I think agree. I've kind of earmarked him as the guy that could potentially be that next Justin McCray just because of the the flexibility he gives you at th- those interior positions. Yeah, as far as those two quarterbacks go, this is just my untrained eye, my my bird's eye view analysis. I felt. Brett Hundley was ahead of Kaiser after game one of the preseason. I felt Kaiser closed the gap in game two against the Steelers. I thought maybe Hundley reestablished his lead after game three, and now we head into game four. Is that a fair way to look at it, you I, think? I think so. And, I mean, you just see the experience with Hundley. I mean, he's been in this offense now for three years. He's put together some pretty darn good preseasons, too. I mean, he was exceptionary his first year in 2015. Yeah, his rookie preseason uh, 157 was passer rating, did a really fine job, got hurt two years ago, so then wasn't really able to do much. Last year was consistent. I just I think that's the difference you're going to see with a guy that's been in the league a couple more years, and yep. it's the reason why you still see him with those number twos. Yeah, all right. With that, we will sign off on this edition of Packers Unscripted. Be sure to follow all of our coverage of the team and this final week of training camp on Packers.com on Twitter. You can find him at Wes Hod. I'm at Mike Spofford at Packers for the team account. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. See you next time.